the Go podcast is brought to you by The Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.thesanctuarychurch.com. See, instead of the frantic shopping and the rushing around, God gives us this season. We've called it Advent, but it's really to take back the cultural Christmas and restore it to a time where peace, which is essentially peace on earth, right? That's, that's the whole theme of Christmas. But specifically today, in regards to Advent, this is what I want to talk about today is peace. Now, most people hear the word peace, and they all think the same thing. No war. They, they just think the opposite, right? Okay, that means, you know, that there's, you know, there's this absence of war. We, we hear peace treaties or times of peace, and we immediately associate it to having no war. But in the Bible, peace can mean that, but it also is beyond just the absence of conflict. It points to a presence of something better in its place. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. You may have heard that. In fact, I grew up as a, a kid in my family. We celebrated the Sabbath. We were not Jews, but we loved that celebration. And we would often greet both one another and friends with Shabbat Shalom and Shalom Shabbat. And so, in other words, peace to your day off. And I'll get into all that shalom means here in a minute. But that Old Testament word shalom, it's, it's the, most, the most basic understanding is this, is may this be complete, may it become whole. So when you hear the word shalom, right, it, it means to make something complete, to make something whole. It refers to harmony and prosperity and welfare and tranquility. It's this whole, all this meaning is wrapped up in this little word. In fact, it's kind of like the Hawaiian word aloha. Many people have heard this word used just in our own culture, aloha, and people use it to say hello, and they also use it to say goodbye. It's, it's a, a form of blessing. But when shalom is used as a greeting, it's saying, may you live in anticipation of the day when God makes all things whole again. So oftentimes, so again, in, in my, my growing up, it was shalom Shabbat. See, that, that was what the Sabbath did. It made things whole whole again is when I rested and I learned this is what it means to be in the presence of God. And so it was Shalom Shabbat. May you have peace and prosperity and wholeness in your Sabbath day, right? And people would then respond with Shabbat Shalom, back, to, back at you essentially. But see, in the New Testament, the Greek word is irene. Now that's a, that's a funky word. Again, we're not using it except when we start doing word studies, but irene, it, it essentially is the root of the English word serene, irene, irene, right? It's, it's this, this word that we go, oh, serenity. You can see this word immediately. It means when something is free and clear of storms, when there is no unpleasant change, and it's, there's this emphasis on what is considered in the Greek, this unclouded tranquility. It's like, <sighs> the sky is clear, this last week, we had some dark clouds in the sky and no rain. Welcome to Southern California, right? But, but that's what it is. I, again, I want you to think serenity. And I want you to hold on to that because I'm going to come back to Greek here in a minute. But let's continue on with this, this Hebrew word, shalom. 
in Joshua 8, he, he refers to shalom as a, a stone that is perfectly round. It's whole in its shape with no cracks. Shalom can refer to a completed stone that has no gaps, right? This wall that's been put together with stones, right? Has no gaps. There's no, no missing bricks in the wall. The wall is complete. When I studied shalom, right? And I, I've done this often, but I was back at it again, even with this teaching, studying the word shalom. It, it reminded me this particular time of, are you ready for this? I know only your pastor would do this, right? Of Legos, I know. See, shalom, I want you to catch this. It's when you have a box full of Legos and it's just all bricks and they're different sizes and colors and everything. But shalom is when it's all put together and you see what it was designed to be. Did you catch that? That's shalom. Everything is as it should be. When you're lacking shalom, you've stepped on a Lego and you're like, ah, that, that kind of moment, right? You're like, who left the Legos out, right? The core idea of shalom is that life is complex. Life has a lot of moving parts, our relationships, our situations. I got work and I got family and I got neighborhood and I got all these things going on, all this stuff's happening, right? And again, when shalom is missing, when we are out of alignment, when something is missing, our shalom breaks down. Which by the way, I wanna remind you, would you please join me uh, on December 27th, I'm going to be doing a teaching about the things that we cannot forget. Uh, and it's a leading into the vision for 2021. I have a word from the Lord, and it's about realignment. So I hope that you'll join me. Uh, vision 2021, it's next Sunday. Please don't miss out on this. The Lord has given me a word for our congregation specifically going into 2021. And it's something that we cannot afford to forget. We need to remember. Well, life is no longer whole. See, that, that's, we look around, it's pretty easy to see that our life is falling apart, and it needs to be restored. In fact, that is the basic meaning, again, of shalom when it's used as a verb. We're going to shalom something, right? Solomon brought shalom to the unfinished temple. David kind of began it, but it was bits and pieces. And then David told his son, he said, hey, listen, man, I've stored all this gold. I've got these timbers from Lebanon. I've got these workmen ready for you to go. I'm, go I'm out. You're up. You're up to bat, right? And Solomon, shalom to the temple. He brought wholeness. He brought it all back together again. He made it complete. He restores it back. In the biblical culture, if your animal accidentally tramples a person or tramples through and does some damage to your neighbor's field, you would shalom them by giving them a complete repayment for their loss. This is so, so listen, if your, your bull gouged my bull and my bull died, your shalom to me would be you restore your, my bull with your bull. You would give me that so now I have this animal. So that's what shalom means. It brings to restoration of the loss. The idea is that you take that which is missing and you restore it to wholeness. The beautiful thing is that this shalom carries right into our relationships. God, listen to me, beloved. God wants to shalom our relationships. Obviously, starting with him. We have to get this shalom back. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, he's talk, the, the writer is talking about what happens when our lives please the Lord. He says, you know what? Even our enemies are going to be at shalom with us. I, 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 want, I want some shalom with some of my enemies, right? 
Well, when rival kingdoms miss out on that shalom, there's this alignment that's missing in the Bible. It doesn't mean they stop fighting. When shalom is brought, it's not just, watch this, it's not just stopping the fighting. It's now working toward shalom. I'm actually going to help you restore back. We did that actually in our own, his, in our own history in the United States. World War II, devastation. We brought about devastation to the nation of Japan. And after the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, we then went in and restored infrastructure. Listen, they are still recovering from that devastation. But that's what it means to bring shalom. It's like, you know, we are no longer at enemies with each other. We're going to work, work at being at peace with one another. The state of shalom is what Israel's kings were supposed to be about. They were supposed to be bringing shalom to other kingdoms. But that's rarely happening. In fact, at one point, Isaiah, he says, oh man, there's, there's going to come a king that's going to bring total shalom, a future king who's going to radically cultivate shalom. And this wouldn't just benefit Jerusalem. It's not just going to benefit the nation of Israel. It's going to benefit the whole world. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says this. You're familiar. You can say it to yourselves. Merry Christmas. There it is. For a child is born to us. Those reading out of King James, for unto us a child is born, right? For a child is born to us, a son is given. The government's going to rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Shalom, the Prince of making things all, all things new, completing and making things whole again. And then verse 7 goes to talk about how his reign is going to bring shalom with no end. There's going to be a peace with no end. This prophecy is actually talking about what's called a covenant of shalom. It's where we make a deal with God. He says, listen, I want to bring a shalom with my people. I, I want to be at peace with you. Making right, again, all things that are wrong and healing all that is sick and diseased, not at ease. This is why when Jesus is born later into the New Testament, right? We read about Jesus being born. It was announced as the arrival of Irene, right? There's the peace, Irene, right? Here, I want to bring this peace. Now, that's that Greek word that I brought up earlier, right? Now, we've moved from Shalom in the Old Testament to Irene in the New Testament. And I mentioned this earlier, and it's so similar, and it means to join together or to bond together that which has been separated. And again, watch this. This even takes it so it's really put together for good. Please hear this, beloved. This is when you use super glue on your Lego pieces and you put them together. It's not coming apart. God promises. He says, listen, when I bring peace, when I bring this covenant of peace together with you, I'm going to bond it together and it cannot be torn apart. Beloved, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you are not separated from him. You cannot be separated from us. Romans tells us what can separate us from the love of God. See, we are Irene. We are at peace, bonded together. Well, this peace of God that comes to us, it bonds us together, is where we actually get this phrase, man, that person really has it all together. They have it all together. 
That, that's where it, that phrase comes out of serenity, right? Now, obviously, this peace is the opposite of division or dissension. There's not this difficulty, right? But Jesus came to offer his peace to others. He started it. He started by sharing it with his followers. Look what he says in John chapter 14. He talks about it. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Irene of mind and heart. I want you to have this peace. And the Irene that I give is, a, is, a, is the gift that the world can't give. So listen, when I give you this peace, I don't want you to be troubled. I don't want you to be afraid. He's talking life that is free of storms and unpleasant changes. Remember this? Unclouded tranquility, the serenity. Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. He says this, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have Irene. There's that word. Peace between messed up humanity and God. He says, we have peace because God, because of what Jesus did for us. And what did he do? God brings us his peace because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose from the grave for our eternal life, and now we have peace with God. The idea is that he has restored all things again to wholeness. The broken relationships between us and God, the broken relationships between us and other people, it's all the stuff that is, watch this, here's another word for you, disintegrating, disintegrate, disintegrate. When it's put together, it's integrated, it's disintegrating. You ever feel like your relationships are disintegrating? That's what this peace does. God says, I'm going to put it all back together again, starting with my relationship with you. This is why Paul says that Jesus himself is our Irene. Look what he says in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 14. For Christ himself has brought, there's that word, Irene, to us. He united Jews and Gentiles, here it is, into one people. When, in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Are you seeing all this language about peace, wholeness, being brought together again? The hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations, and then he made Irene between Jews and Gentiles. He brought us together in this covenant of peace by creating in himself a new people from the two groups. Now, I've taken a lot of time to tell you about this coming together, this joining together, this making it firm and strong, super glue, right? That's what he's talking about. But did you see this picture that he's talking about here where the wall is being restored? It's being rebuilt. See, he tore down the wall that separated us and then he put us back together again. He put us together with the Jews in this covenant. Jesus was the whole complete human. I was made to be, but I have failed to be. Jesus did all of that and he gives us this gift, this peace gift. Remember, I give you this peace. Not like the world gives peace. That doesn't last. The peace I give is put together and it's solid. It's glued together. We can't be separated. And then he says this, so that as my followers, now that you have this peace, now you can, watch this, you can create peace. 
I'm giving you this ability because we're joined together. I am the prince of shalom, remember? I'm the prince, right? So because I give you this shalom, this irene, now you have the ability to create it wherever you go because now we're connected together. We're united. Paul instructs the local churches to keep their unity of faith through the bond of peace. In Ephesians 4.3, he says, it requires humility and patience and bearing with one another in love. This is how we encourage one another. Becoming people of peace means that we're participating in the life of Jesus. Check out what Paul says in Colossians chapter one. He says, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him, through Jesus, God reconciled, he brought back everything to himself. He made Irene with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. Beloved, peace takes a lot, a lot of work because it's not just the absence of conflict. It's taking what's broken and restoring it to wholeness in our lives, in our relationships, in our world. How can I bring peace, the peace that's been brought to me, now that I hold on to this peace, I have this peace, what do I do with it? I gotta give it away, make peace with others. And whether we're trying to find peace here on this planet, right? We hear it a lot during Christmas time. Peace on earth, right? Well, I, I'm still asking, where? Where is this peace on earth? 2020 has been anything but peace. So what, where's this peace that, that God talks about that's not taken away? A peace that the Bible says surpasses our circumstance, goes beyond our understanding. I am still at peace in the midst of what the chaos is around me. I still have total peace. See, that's the peace that God gives to us. And I look around the world and I go, man, it's sure lacking today. Watch this. Beloved, please hear me. We've got to stop looking around at the world trying to discover peace. Listen to me. And look within. Because God chose to live in me. Chose to live in you. And this is where the peace is to be found. We have missed a lot of peace this year. Listen to me, beloved, because we've been looking out there for it. I can't go out to eat anymore. I can't go to the gym anymore. I can't go on vacation. And these are the things that bring me peace. And God says, mm-mm. You have misplaced Listen to me. I love you, but please hear me. You have misplaced your hope. Remember I talked about that. Right? He is hope worthy. We've misplaced our hope. We have misplaced, specifically what I'm talking about today, we've misplaced our desire for peace, where we get peace from. Oh, I get peace from going to the gym. I get peace because we have a weekly date night. I get peace because I like going out to eat. I get peace when I get to go to the movie theater. It just relaxes me. It's a place where I relax and, and just kind of let everything go down. I get peace because I get to do these things, go on vacation. And, and Lord says, you're not looking at the right place for peace. The reason there's conflict in your soul, the reason there's conflict between you and one another, because you thought peace was going to come from a political candidate? No. Oh, you thought peace would come when disease, we are free of disease, we finally get these shots in our... No. That's not where peace comes from. 
Peace comes from him. Beloved, we have misplaced where we're getting our peace from. And God says, this Advent, come back to me. Come back. I I want you to experience peace. First, peace between me and you. Humanity and God. Next, watch, you can then spread that peace. When I put that peace into you, you can now spread that peace out. Whether we're trying to find peace in the chaos of our own lives or looking for the culture to be a place of peace, I'm telling you what, this world, peace is elusive. Happens a little bit here, a little bit there. We all struggle to find peace. We regret our past mistakes. We're battling our present weaknesses. We're worrying about future events that are going to happen. What if, even with the best of intentions, our human efforts to be good make this world we want to make it a better place, but it just all seems to fall short. It's like I, I went on a missions trip and I, and I built this thing for this orphanage. We built this, this bunk beds and this uh, garden bed and everything. And the next summer we came back and the beds were destroyed and the garden bed was destroyed. And I thought, wow, I made peace here and it didn't last. It has to be maintained. This peace has to be maintained in you and I. And that's where we have to turn to Jesus. When I get frustrated, well, I just worked on this. How come, what, what happened? It reminds me of Mr. Incredible, right? When he says, I just cleaned up this mess, right? What, what are you guys doing? What do you, right? See, that's when God says, oh, yeah, it's not gonna be about you. It's gonna be about me through you maintaining this peace. If you're taking notes this morning, I encourage you, please be taking notes. But we start, this, all thing, this whole thing starts by establishing peace with God. So that's your first fill in the blank this morning. We start by establishing our peace with God. This is personal. Every single person has to choose. Did Jesus come? Did Jesus live perfectly? Did Jesus die in our place? Did Jesus pay for the consequence of my sin? That brings me peace. Jesus' death made peace between our sinful nature and God's holy nature. He's coming back. He is coming back. And that gives me a hope of living eternally at peace with God. I'll be out of this place. This is not my home. When we accept our acceptedness through Jesus, that's when the peace really comes in. I've been made right with God. So all is right in the world. The next blank is this one. We restore peace within ourselves. That has to be restored on a daily basis. See, one time we are joined together with Christ. Remember, we're glued together. Those Lego pieces are made at peace. Irene, shalom, we're brought together. It's a constant daily choice though. To look at what has been established, we're often trying to get our esteem based on what the culture thinks about us, but our esteem comes from what God thinks about us. And that's something, beloved, that never changes. Instead of things fluctuating back and forth on the opinions of others and fleeting accomplishments and changing circumstances, our identity is based on what God made us to be, not on all the stuff that we do. Next, here's the next blank. We have to continue by cultivating peace in our relationships with others. We gotta cultivate that peace in relationships. First, we're establishing our peace with God. 
Then we're restoring our peace with our, within ourselves. And now we're cultivating peace within our relationships. This happens every day when we see people through God's eyes. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, it says, hey, listen, as best as it is concerning you, you need to live at peace with everybody. See, I can say, hey, would you please forgive me? And that person goes, nope, I'm not gonna forgive you. Well, then that lack of peace is up to you. I'm at least trying to live at peace with you. I'm trying to bring restoration with you. But if you choose to hold on to that, that's your prison cell, not mine. But as far as it is concerning you, Romans chapter 12, verse 18, as far as it's concerning you, be at peace with all people. That's, that's your job, to do what you can to live at peace. And we remember, God loved us first. And when we grow in that love and we extend that love to others, something wonderful happens. Because we've been reconciled, because we've been redeemed, because we've been made at peace, now we are agents of reconciliation. Now we are agents of redemption. Now we are agents of peace. God is the king of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. I'm just the pauper of peace, right? I, I, I'm just trying to carry out peace as I can. How can I bring peace into this situation, that situation? Here's your last blank. We bring healing peace to the world around us. So we, we get our peace from God. We make sure that we're getting peace within ourselves. We bring peace into the relationships. And now we're getting peace to the world around us. In the communities, in the cities, in the world that we live in, we begin to see hope. We begin to look with hope for a change in people's circumstances. In, in the whole world around us, we go, no, there is peace. Even in the midst of the conflict, there is peace. And coming into a relation with Jesus by faith, following him, listen, beloved, please do not misunderstand me. It does not mean that our lives will be free of conflict. In fact, Jesus said, hey, listen, in this life, you're gonna have problems. But don't worry, I overcame all of that. That's gonna happen. But listen to this, in the midst of that, you can have peace. Jesus offered us a hope of something better to come, a power to bring something better into the world in the here and the now. May your kingdom come here as it is in heaven. And in heaven, beloved, there is peace. We sing it. Peace on earth and mercy mild, right? God and sinners reconciled. We sing these songs. We're only around Christmas time, though. I don't know about any other time. Beloved, Jesus brought shalom to the world around him, to those around him. He ultimately wants to bring this irene between you and I and between God. So take a look at your life today. Just do a quick inventory. How would you describe your life? Contented? Rushed? Exciting? Stressful? Moving forward, holding back. How would you look at your life? How would you, see, for many of us, it's all of the above all the time, right? It's like, yeah, I feel like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love this phrase from Mother Teresa. Many of you are familiar with her work among the poor in Calcutta, India. She said this, peace begins with a smile. And I don't think it's a smile so much to other people. It's a smile that says, God's got this. Right? That's what happens, right? We, we see this circumstance that arrive and we do this. Oh, man. Watch, watch, watch me now. Oh, man. God's got this. See, peace begins with a smile. There are things that we dream of doing someday. 
things we wish that we could forget. I hope for that. I wish for that. I wish that would go away. I hope for this someday. But the Bible says, Jesus came to make all things, listen to me now, in Revelation he says, I came to make all things new. Oh, what would your life look like if you could start over with a clean slate? What what would that look like? Well, that's what happened that first Christmas when the angels sang, Shalom on earth. May all things be restored. May all things be brought together. May all things be whole. Behold the Prince of Shalom. This is for you this Christmas. And I don't know if you're at peace with God or not. I don't know what your relationship is with him. I don't know if you have a relationship, but I'll tell you what. Today, of all days, let Christmas be a time when you say, I'm getting my relationship back with God. If you do not have a peaceful, listen to me, a peaceful relationship with God, today's the day. Especially at Christmas time. Can I pray with you this morning? That if you're listening to these words and you're thinking, man, I I don't have peace within myself. I don't have peace in my relationships. I don't have peace in the world around me. I'm lacking this peace. Well, here's where it starts. It starts by getting our peace aligned with God. I would like to pray for you this morning. If that's you, would you just close your eyes? Just, Just focus for a moment. God, would you come into the lives of those who desire peace? I ask in the name of Jesus that you would come in. First, let them know they are forgiven. Their sins, the the errors of their ways, the best of what they got, got them here. But today they say, I don't want this anymore. Would you restore them to peace? Bring them back together and make them whole again. That's where we started. our, our, Our soul will return to you. We had conversations. The Bible says that you have conversations with us in the womb. That was a peaceful place. It's been nothing but chaos since the day I was born. Well, mostly by my own hand. Father, I pray for those who would pray this this morning, that you would be the Prince of Shalom, that you would bring Irene to them today. Let it be so in Jesus' name. Let it be done. 